I keep. Next on Brothers Balling, we talk NBA. Not a preview, but a review and a preview. And we look to forecast who will make it back to next year's conference finals. Brothers Balling, coming at you. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again on a Friday night, a night which should have had some conference finals basketball, but Denver handled business, and there is no basketball tonight, but there is tomorrow night. Brothers balling, we are brothers, we are balling, like I said, on a Friday night. Brother number one, John, say what's up to the people. How's it going, folks? Uh, Great show for you tonight. Got a lot to talk about, about these playoffs, so give it a listen. And I am Rob, and of course, we are deep into the NBA playoffs. Conference finals just about wrapped up. Now, we know the Denver Nuggets on Monday eliminated the Lakers, completing a four-game sweep and advancing to their first ever NBA finals uh, as a, a franchise. We presumed that Miami would join them soon thereafter. However, things got a little sticky because after building a 3-0 lead, the heat is on Miami. Saturday night is game six. After winning the first three, they have now lost two in a row. Boston looks like they have life. And they're going to see if they can extend that life on Saturday night in Miami. Now, uh, first thing, we, you know, went planned, like I said, to do a NBA Finals preview. We thought that Denver and the Miami would be playing um, starting on June 1st. However, we cannot, you know, confirm that, even though that still may happen. So, John, uh, based off what you have seen thus far in this Eastern Conference Finals, do you think Boston can complete the improbable four-game comeback and make it to the NBA Finals? Yes, I think they can. Um, We have to look at it this way. Looking at the Boston Celtics, on paper, between the two teams, they're the most talented, right? Mm -hmm. And so... You know, I feel that they have what it takes to, to complete the comeback. Uh, you notice in the last two games, they they turned up the heat on defense. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I noticed that was different from the Boston Celtics, and I've, and I've watched every every game almost in its entirety of this series. Uh, what I have noticed is they're running heat players off the three-point line. And if the Heat players are taking threes, there's a hand in their face, which was different from the first three games because I noticed that the Heat were shooting wide-open threes. And it's a lot easier to knock down wide-open threes um, than when there's a hand in your face or you have folks running you off the line. Now, because they've increased their defense um, and Boston has controlled their turnovers, um, that's what put that's why Boston has won their games. And as well, we all we all know the secret sauce. When Boston shoots 40% from three, they're almost unbeatable. Like nobody in the league could beat them if they if they if they are if they hit 40%, if they hit 40% of their threes. They're like I think 38 and two, you know, if that, um, when they shoot over 40%. So the pressure right now is on the heat. Now, uh 
who was it? Was it uh what that, that wasn't Gabe Vincent that got hurt? The yeah, it was Gabe. Yeah, Gabe yeah, Vincent. Yeah, ankle did not play. Yeah. Fine. So so the thing is that yeah yeah he rolled his ankle pretty bad. It looked like he rolled it pretty bad. Um, my concern, of course, is the the availability of Gabe Vincent. If he can't go tomorrow, if that ankle is still sore and swollen, if he can't go, I'm calling Boston. Boston is going to do the improbable. They're going to come back and win this series. Um, hmm. Because now Miami, we got we got to look at the Miami Heat. Right now, like like they're a team that is missing Victor Oladipo, Tyler Hero. You're talking about 35 points per game right there. Mm-hmm. Like Oladipo can give you 15 a game, right? Absolutely. Um, and Tyler gives you he was averaging 20 points a game, mm-hmm. right? So that's 35 points. That's not playing. You have a lot of these guys who are undrafted players who are feeding off Jimmy Butler. Now we have to start looking at. Is Jimmy running out of gas because he's been carrying this team throughout these playoffs? And if you look at his production, the last two games, he hasn't been playoff Jimmy that we're used to. Right. Mm-hmm. And so because he's not, it seems like it's almost like it's kryptonite for the team because he's not his usual self. And then all of a sudden they can't make shots. Right. And so because they rely so heavily on him, um, that is 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 gonna be big. My thing is I can tell you this if the game tomorrow, the person that is winning at the end of the first quarter, if the Celtics win the first quarter, I believe the Celtics will win the game and then we'll do the improbable and win this series. Well, Uh, I'll say this about the first quarter. First quarters, I agree, are very important. Like you look at Boston, what they did in game five, they ran away from it. They had double digit lead in the first quarter. Uh-huh. Miami's path to winning is going to be similar to what the Lakers were doing when they were in the playoffs, getting up big in the first quarter. Right. Okay. Because they can play you even for the last three if they get up big. Boston will, I think, tend to panic, try to shoot themselves back into it. And that gives Boston, and that gives Miami. A huge advantage. I think for the Heat, they need to get up big in that first quarter. If this yep. is a close, if this is a close first quarter, I'm not. You can't win this quarter 28 mm-hmm. You got to be up double digits, thirty-one to twenty, thirty-three to eighteen. I agree. Really put the pressure on Boston yeah. to make a comeback in order. Right. To you want game. right, and, and and I agree. Like you got to get up big because you want. You want Boston to try to shoot itself in the game, and we we know and we know one thing about Boston: when Boston falls behind big, they tend to start taking bad shots, and then they, as they tend and, to rush, right? They tend to rush, and as the lead gets bigger, they start panicking and they start shooting a lot of threes, right? Mm-hmm. And so it behooves Miami to jump big if Miami is even. Because here's the thing: I don't believe Miami has enough offense. If the score is close in the first half, I don't believe that Miami has enough offense to overcome Boston. Okay. No, no, they gotta um, get up. They gotta, they gotta get, get, get big, and, and as long as they're defense. and as long as they're up big, they'll be able to, you know, cruise the rest of the series, the rest of the quarters, if they're up big. 
I so uh, but again, I believe the availability of Gabe Vincent is going to be key because because yeah. because of what he can do with, with the way he's shooting, he keeps Boston honest mm-hmm. on, on the defensive side of the ball because he's not there. Boston is not really caring. Um, and, and what they're doing is they're doubling Jimmy, making him kick out. And because the floor is tighter that the Boston players are able to get out to the shooters and put hands in their face. If you, mm-hmm. if, if you look at the style of basketball they played in the first three games, Miami was shooting a lot of wide open threes. And I'm telling you, guys get comfortable when they're wide open. When they're yeah. wide open, that net looks looks bigger and bigger. And they get more mm-hmm. confidence and they will will shots in. So yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be up to Boston. If Boston starts the game with the intensity that they have the last two games, listen. They're going to win this series. They're going to come back and win this series. And if anyone mm-hmm. can win four games in a row, it's Boston. Yeah, because they are the deepest team in the league and they're the most talented team. Um, definitely in the East and definitely likely in the NBA. They had the talent. They had the stars. They're going to make it very difficult for Miami because Miami, obviously, especially like in game one, when you don't have an off, a team that can score or create its own baskets, you have to rely on player and ball movement. And that can be something that, you know, may or may not work depending on who's the guy getting the shots. If you're going to rely on player movement, when guys get open opportunities, they've got to, um, you know, score those opportunities. Bam Adebayo, posting up Marcus Smart in the paint, has to be able to score points when that's yeah, Listen, matchup. he has to. And, and we all know, uh, listen, I feel that Marcus Smart is a good defender, but he does flop a lot. Okay. Yeah, but this wasn't even flops. This was Bam missing from three or four feet away. All right. When you got Marcus made, you got two has, in the paint. Marcus right. Smart is is defending you. You got to yeah. be able to, to make that. Yeah. And, and, and Bam, so one thing about Bam, he's allowing, he's allowing. So if you see what, if, if, if you know what happened, they would have, they would put um, smart on him, and then he would try to begin to make his post play move, and then they would throw Hortford to sort of like, I'm here. Hortford is like, I'm here, which would which would scare him out of his post play move. I just think the minute he's and this is one thing that I have to say that uh, Jokic does well in my opinion, better than a lot of other centers, I would say maybe Joel Embiid, I would I would compare, is the minute a small guard is guarding them, they immediately attack the basket. They don't wait for the double team to come. They just uh, they just attack. And and Jokic is and, and one thing I noticed about Jokic is when he sees a small guard guarding him, he's not waiting to pass out, even though he's an amazing passer, right? Yeah. He is like, oh, you got this guy on me. I'm attacking the basket, and if they yeah. and if they collapse hard, because of his court vision, he'll find somebody open to pass the ball to. But the one thing I I admire about him is this, this is something that I think plagues guys like um, Aiton and and other players and other centers like him is they get the ball. They see a small guard guarding him. They make a, a move and then they jump out. No, the minute you see the, 
them guarding you with a point guard, attack that basket. He's gonna do he's gonna do one thing. He's gonna try to draw a foul or pick up a foul. Yeah. Right? Or or draw a charge. So the minute someone's smaller, you got to attack. You just have to attack. And that's one thing I admire about Jokic is that the minute he gets the switch, and, and, and I don't know if you noticed in the Lakers game, I think there were a couple of times uh he ended up with Schroeder on him. He immediately made a move to the basket. Mm-hmm. Um to to get it. or 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 like uh um now when Le- I think what the Lakers did wrong was they should have had LeBron guarding Jokic because it seemed to keep Jokic away from the paint. And yeah, LeBron is strong enough to kind of keep right. him to try to keep him at bay. Yeah. I don't think he's strong enough to keep Jokic out of the paint, but he's strong enough to make him work a little bit. Um, right. That gives Anthony Davis time to recover. And exactly. And I think, you know, Darvin Ham. I'm not gonna lie, Darvin Ham got outcoached that series. But Darvin Ham's a rookie coach. He did a great job for a rookie coach. Well, yeah, yeah. And it, with it, limited and with limited resources. You listen, had a he did a great job. He did a great job getting them there. But the thing is, what I felt was when he went with that, you remember after game one when they figured out when they literally shut down uh Yoko in that fourth quarter. He abandoned that for the rest of the series. He, no, he no, no, no. So I, I think a lot of people were of the mindset that he abandoned. He did not abandon that. Here's what happened. So Jokic, the move in game one was that the Lakers went out and they guarded him with Hachimura. And um, that pretty much allowed Anthony Davis to roam around and affect Jokic. So what did the um, you know Nuggets do? Game four was a great example. Aaron Gordon was outside. Aaron Gordon hit some shots from the outside. Right. But also, they were doing a lot of two-man game up top. So instead of just posting your kick up in the, in the paint, which makes him easier to guard, allowing Anthony Davis to come over and assist when needed, they had him at the top of the key a lot. So if he's taking Hachimura from the free throw line, he simply doesn't have to get as deep uh, when he is uh, you know, trying to attack Hachimura. Once he got two feet in the paint and got to you know, anywhere close to the restricted area, he was able to go in and make shots. In addition to that, you had Jamal Murray, who they couldn't stop. So that uh, gets the defense's attention, and it leaves Jokic open for offensive rebounds because, you know, that started to uh, uh, really attract Anthony Davis. Every time Jamal Murray would come and drive, and it would open up Jokic for offensive rebounds. So you can try that all you want with keeping Hachimura on him, you had better make sure Anthony Anthony Davis gets every rebound because every rebound he's not getting, Jokic was getting, and you know regenerating offense, getting things started back up, or just getting a rebound and putting it up himself. You're not going to be able to get away with putting a small guy on Jokic. He's just too smart. He's going to hit you either way. You're going to pay for it either way, and that's what happened. They were paying for it on the offensive glass because Davis really didn't guard him. All that much. He did guard him some, which I think you have to do. Mm. But if you keep Davis off of Jokic, you're going to either give up close shots or you're going to give up offensive rebounds. And, I mean, that's one or the other. Davis, If Davis is there to defend shots, he can't defend shots and get the rebound. Somebody else has to come and do that. So Jokic made them pay either way. All right, but, but looking at – let's go back to game four, right? All right, let's talk about game four a little bit. What did you think about Anthony Davis's playing game four? 
He was engaged, as usual, defensively, but he was not really engaged offensively early on because LeBron was very, very aggressive. Uh-huh. Okay. While it was good for him to set the tone, Anthony Davis is the kind of player that you have to involve early in the game. You've got to get him involved and get his juices flowing, get that motor revved up, because if not, he's is he's not a self-starter. He'll play he'll play well on the defensive end. That's instinct for him. But when it comes to the offensive end, especially with LeBron playing the way he was, not trying to, you know, blame LeBron. LeBron was spectacular, you know, in the series. But he was so aggressive, it kind of isolated everybody else, especially Davis. Davis, from what I've seen, he needs to get involved early. You've got to get him involved early, get him touches, get him shots early, let him get in a rhythm. Because if you try to come to him in second, third quarter, he hasn't built up that lather. He hasn't built up that rhythm. He's not going to be as effective. And even though he scored um, points, it was not to the effect that you would expect from a star player. And that is what kind of, you know, messed him up because late in the game, he was he really wasn't looking for the shot because he wasn't warmed up. You know, you went, they came to him in the second quarter after LeBron had 20 some odd points in the, in the first quarter. And I think at that point it's too late. Now, is that a fault of Anthony Davis? Yes. Like you got to be ready anytime and be able to uh-huh. kind of roll with the punches. Let's not, but, let's yeah. not absolve him because yeah. No, absolutely. But when Anthony same- Davis, when Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis, he's a top ten player in this league. Yeah, he can be. But I, we said it before, and I know I've said it. He's a two, not a one. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what he is. He he'll give you instances of one. Well, he give you nice runs, but on the but over the span of time, he shows himself to be a two. You got to get him involved. I think that's the only thing the Lakers didn't do in that game four. They played great. They did all they can. I think Darvin Ham was excellent as a coach first time going against a seasoned coach like uh, Michael Malone. I think if you had Eric Spolstra as a coach of the Lakers, Denver still beats him. Okay. And likely in a sweep. But you still think in a sweep? Yes. I, because I think Denver, Denver's a much better team than LA. Kudos to the coaches. Right. I, I agree and the that. Lakers players And the Lakers players for keeping it and having three, like, really close games. But Denver, I think Jokic is a better player than Anthony Davis. Uh, Murray is way better than any guard, be it Reeves, Schroeder. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was a nightmare in the, in the in the series. Um, so, like, Jamal, when you have Jamal Murray and Jokic winning their matchups, and then Aaron Gordon, you know, like after after LeBron, he's better than every other front court player the Lakers can put out there. Okay, I'm not ta- I'm not talking about Anthony Davis, obviously, but after LeBron and a- um, AD, Aaron Gordon is better than anybody else the Lakers had. Okay, Hashimura made some shots, but he can't rebound with Aaron, with Aaron uh, Gordon or get in the paint and mix it up with him. So that's the problem with the Lakers. They simply did not. They were outflanked, I think, at just about every turn. And add to the fact that your best player simply cannot sustain for a full 48 minutes or for a full 40 minutes. It was like, that was, the writing was on a wall right there for the Lakers. I knew, I expected Denver to win. It became apparent after game two when that game was earmarked for the Lakers and Denver came back and won that the Lakers were in trouble. You know, that game was tailor-made for the Lakers to win game two. They did not come win uh, that game. 
Denver took it to them. And especially, remember, in that th- in game three, first quarter, what happens? Lakers need that big lead. They were down in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And then they had to play catch-up, and they didn't have the legs for it. So um, that's kind of how that happened. That's how Miami needs to play tomorrow night in order to win. you got to play from uh, ahead. You cannot come from behind. And if it's nipping tough, the pressure will start to build on Miami. Because Miami knows if they lose game six, I don't know what they have in the in the chamber for game seven. <laughs> okay. I don't know what they have in the chamber because they will be shell-shocked. Heat culture, veteran, you know, resiliency, all that. I understand. However, you can't tell me that if you up oh, you know, 3-0, and then you turn around and there's a game seven popping up on the road. I don't care how many times you've won in Boston. But a game seven on the road, man, that's problematic. Very, very problematic. I agree with you. So um, they know that this is their game seven um, tomorrow night. They're going to go all out. I think Jimmy Butler is going to play 44 minutes at least. Now. The whole game. Okay. Um, so. They gotta go, they, they, you you got to go for everything. You're throwing out. I'm throwing, this is a game seven. Miami has to have the mentality that Saturday night is game seven. I agree. You got to. You you, you got to throw the you got to throw the kitchen sink out there. Everything, throw you, it all out there. You may you may have to play a player that you haven't played at all throughout the series. Just to, yeah, um, Haywood Highsmith played well in Game Five. Yep, he's got to get some minutes um, on Saturday night. He mm-hmm. has to. Like you've got to just put it out there. Now, and you need eight ball and fresh bodies out there. All right. Now here's a question I want to ask you. What does your gut tell you? I think Miami wins tomorrow night. So you think Miami wins tomorrow? Shuts yeah, it down. They, Good Miami night. Wins tomorrow night. Yeah. Good night. We'll win. see you Thursday. We'll see you Thursday in Denver. Yeah, I think okay. they're gonna win. Okay. I wanna I, I wanna ride with you, but something in my spirit tells me that Miami's gonna choke this out. Yeah, and that's gonna be crazy because you have one of the best coaches in the in the game. You got heat culture. Um, and this has been a weird playoffs. You got a seven right. seed that made it to the conference finals, and the eight seed that made it to the conference finals. Which is why, which, which yeah. is why, I, like, I like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like the stars are aligned for, for something some, for some shenanigans to take place. Yeah, for some something for something that we that we never thought in our lifetime we would see. Yeah, happen because because it's happened in hockey. Happened in hockey, happened in baseball. Happened in baseball. The Red Sox coming back on the Yankees, which still yeah. to this day, I don't know how that happened. And, and here's the thing: you tell me that of all the teams to do it, Boston yeah. would have done it in baseball and in basketball too. What kind yeah. of against the Yankees? Crazy, yeah, against yeah. the Yankees. And the, the funny thing about that game, if you remember, the Yankees were probably six inches from sweeping. Yep. The Red Sox. Yep. Had the ball, I think, I don't remember who hit it. Maybe it could have been Ruben Sierra, who hit a ball down the foul pole. And instead yep. of going, um, and instead of hitting the wall and staying in play, it goes over the wall. The Yankees had to take a run back because they would have probably cleared the bases. It just goes over the wall, ground rule double, and saves a run for Boston. And you know, Boston comes back and wins that game, I think, in extra innings to um, stave off a sweep. It's crazy, you know, how that um, game took place. So, uh, 
something like that, like with Gay Vincent going down and after already Oladipo and Hero went down and somehow Miami getting up 3-0 and then all of a sudden not being able to shoot the three the way they've been mm-hmm. um, during during the playoff. Yeah, which, it's which, crazy. right. And, and so, like, you know, like, we've seen a seven, we've seen an eight, even yeah. though we both can agree that Miami's not really an eight. But, like, no. When when I, when I look at Miami's stats, they shot twenty six percent from three. Like right yeah. now, the yeah, last two games, the last yeah. two games are showing you who they really are from three. Yeah, it's more yeah. of what they look like during the actual regular season. But mm-hmm. I I think Miami wins on Saturday. You said that Boston wins. So let's say hypothetically, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's let's start talk about like move spinning this thing forward and seeing how they match up against Denver. If my if I'm correct, and Miami wins on Saturday, they're playing Denver in the finals. How does Miami match up against the Denver Nuggets in the uh, finals? Four one. I agree. I think it's going to be a five game series. I think the size of Jokic, the size of it, Gordon. It might listen. There, there is too much. So here's the thing. Here's where my here's why I say four five games. It might even be four games. Mm-hmm. You have. 6'9", Aaron Gordon. 6'10", Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. 7-foot, Jokic. You have KCP, who's 6'5". Mm-hmm. You have Jamal Murray, who's 6'4". Yep. They have height at every position. They yep. de- And listen, Denver defends very well. Yeah, right? they have defensive players. Gordon right. and KCP are very good defensive yes. players. Yes, and off your bench, you got Brown, you mm-hmm. got you got Braun from that that came to the University of Kansas, who was a very good. Really, you have you had the two former Nets. You got Jeff Green, right? You got, you got Jeff Brown. Green, yeah. But the thing is, I think I think Braun will get will get burned in this series. He'll get five or six minutes. Yeah, because you know to dispel, maybe give Jokic a blow here or there. They'll throw mm-hmm. him in there uh, because if you look at Miami after Bam, you know you know who they put Zeller and Zeller. Zeller yeah. gets like five minutes every other game. If yeah, that. they don't have they don't have yeah. um the size is different for right. um and Miami. the thing is and the thing is here's the thing Miami is gonna have to shoot over the Nuggets because the Nuggets the Nuggets don't play helter skelter defense. Each player it's man to man, each player guards their yeah. guy. You know, yeah. Um the one thing Miami has that will give Denver issues is their zone because they have really, they have guys that are long that can get, you know, come into the paint, disrupt post up. You can't really post up when there's a zone. There's too many guys around you. Mm-hmm. So that was going to give Denver some trouble, but Denver's ability to shoot the mm-hmm. three. Jamal Murray is one of the better three point shooters in the league. Porter is a knockdown shooter. KCP can shoot. Yoka can shoot it. Aaron Gordon is, you know, not a three-point shooter. He can hit them every now and then, but they will make sure if you're playing zone, they're going to kill you on those offensive glass. Denver will get at the offensive boards, hustle points, right? And move the ball. I think I agree. It'll be a four-one yeah. series. Their entire team, right? Enemy. And and so and, and that's the reason why I say that is because Denver's going to own the glass, right? So Miami is going to have to shoot. The way they shot game one, two, and three to to make this to make this series a respectable series. I just don't think they have the firepower. And here's the thing. They may come in, 
they may come in and steal game one because Denver has had such a long layover, right? Yeah, yep. But, you know, because Denver is like a week and a half. They got like a week and a half off. Yeah, they ain't played since Monday, and they don't play again until Thursday. So it's about a week and a half. Which, which, trust me, I bet you some of those players, when it took a quick family vacation um, and then come back, (laughs) Hmm. you know, it took a quick – it took a quick three or four day vacation and then come back and get in the, you know, cause game one is not until Thursday. Right. So yep, yep. there's just a lot of time for them to, to kill, you know, there's just so much film you could watch on a team over mm-hmm. and over again. Like you don't need to watch film. You can just watch the games that are being played right now. Just, just yep. to see how, just to see how they play. Yeah. Um, that's why, uh, you know, I feel because they don't have a lot of size, it's going to be a very quick NBA Finals. Uh, now, if Boston were to come back and win, mm-hmm. that yeah. is a more... Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's a more matched-up Finals that I could see going six games, possibly yeah. seven, because you have Brown, Tatum, you know, Marcus Smart is going to be a pest. Because So, so there's one thing about Jamal Murray that I noticed. Guys that defend hard, Marcus Smart, is going to make Jamal Murray face his back and try to pound it in that way, which is advantageous for Boston. You don't want Murray well, facing you up. Well, I'd say this. Murray face. here's the issue with playing Boston. There is no safe space when it comes to Boston and the perimeter defense. Mm-hmm. Smart, smart can do you up. So can Jalen Brown. Um, if they, um, you know, if you switch on and there's Tatum, Tatum's there too. Like they have so many guys that can defend. Derek White can defend up top. Yeah. Mark, Malcolm Brogdon is a very capable defender. So they will, uh, they will make it hard for perimeter oriented, a, a perimeter oriented player like Murray to make plays. Murray's going to make plays anyway. Okay? Right. He's that good of a player. But like with Miami, I don't know if they are. They had the guys that are going to consistently able to break them down and defend one on one. That's the issue. I think in addition to that, Boston has size. They can come at you with Horford and with um, Robert you know, Williams. Robert, you know Robert Williams. They can also say, okay, we're going to go small and spread you out five. We can put Grant Williams there. He can shoot the three. He's plenty strong. He can he can provide some you know some some girth. Um, underneath, they can go super small. They can go with Derek White and Smart and Brogdon and Brown and Tatum. Go really small, switch everything, and make it difficult for you to, you know, really establish an offense. So Boston, I think, is a more interesting matchup. I think they match up better. I still think um, Denver wins. Yep, but, but it's gonna be I a much do, closer series. Yeah, it'll be much closer. Six games. Um, potentially seven because you know Boston is a team that can get hot from three, and if they get hot from three, it opens up the lane. It allows them to get to the rack. They can get you in foul trouble. They can get and you know, you know, finish at the rim. Tatum and Brown are two of the better rim finishers in the league. It's going to be extremely interesting to see how that series um, plays out. I just think that when it comes to Miami, Miami's offensive limitations. With or without Tyler Hero, because there's a report that he can come back if they yeah, make it. He's not coming back. Yeah, even if he does come back, they don't have enough offensively to deal with Denver. Denver will like the guy has a broken hand. Much. Like, first of all, 
your hand was in a cast for six weeks, you know, to, today, yeah. Yeah. To, to now come and get that rhythm back. That, that takes weeks. Like, like, you know, you, yeah. Like trying to rush him back. Nah. Yeah. I don't think it, it happens for the, uh, then, you know, for Miami, but with the Boston Celtics, they had the depth, they had the size, they had the individual scoring ability to make it hard on Denver. Like I said, I expect Denver to win either one. It's just that I think Boston gives them a tougher challenge um, when it's all said and done. Miami is very, very good. I think it's been great that they had, uh, you know, this really wonderful run. But you got to remember, they were an eight seed for a reason. This wasn't by mistake. It wasn't like a lottery. Mm-hmm. It was very, very consistent throughout the year, and they had a lot. And they lost their first playing game. So it's not like they just started when the playoffs started. They were ready. They lost their first playing game. Okay, and then were within three minutes of of losing the second one, and yeah. they came and beat Chicago. Okay, so it's not like oh they've been great. All there's reasons why they were ranked where they were. That's the kind of seed that they were. That's the kind of seed they played to all season long. So it's not as if, uh, you know, Miami's is a really good team that, you know, um, is just it's just kind of coming into itself. They're a good team. They're playing, in my opinion, I think they've been playing above their heads for the whole playoffs. They've been playing with house of money. Um, yeah. And, you know, they've earned everything they've gotten. They haven't been given anything. I just think that with Denver, it's a matchup where it's going to be even harder on Spolstra to consistently find ways to score because Boston, you know, as you know, like I said, give Miami all, all the credit, but Boston's inability to function offensively whenever they hit with a zone. It's one of the big reasons why they were down. Okay. They weren't playing with any intensity. They were got frustrated when they missed shots and they didn't get back on defense Didn't play with the same um, physicality that they needed, that they needed to in order to be successful on the defensive end against Miami. I think that's been one of the biggest things that have caused them to fall in this three hole. hole. Um, you're not going to find that disinterest mindset with Denver. They're going to come at you. They're going to play through their star. Everybody wants a piece of the action. Everybody wants to be a contributor. They're going to pull you hard, and then they're not going to let you slide by with anything. Okay? So I just think that it's extremely interesting to see how either of those series would go. I favor Denver in either series. Um, I think the Boston series is going to be a little longer. Boston has more length. They got more dynamic score. That's all I, I, I saw with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. For me, same thing. I I think right now, if you were to ask the league what it wants, they'd rather have Boston, Denver. Yeah. You want uh, the Boston market? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that's what they really want. Um, I, to me, I'm just excited either way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this season has been a really good NBA season. I know in the future we'll talk about possible trades that need to happen. Yes. Um, for other teams to become major players. Um, I do feel that there are a couple of teams that may need to look at trying to reset. Mm-hmm. And uh just let some guy, you know, break some things up and let some things go as they may and rebuild. Cause this NBA draft is gonna be very interesting that's coming up. We have I would say maybe three or four guys who you who you could say are going to be NBA studs, and then everybody else it's up in the air, right? 
Yeah, you're going to find some contributors in this uh, NBA draft. Right. Whenever you have a draft that they say, oh, this draft right. is only three, three or four people deep, you're going to find some guys that make rosters and become uh, not superstars, I don't think, but stars and, you know, key players, key vital, you know, vital cogs to their team success. You're going to find a, a, quite a bit of those. It's just knowing which guys are those guys that are going to do that. Um, so it's going to be extremely interesting to see, you know, how, how this draft goes. We'll talk about that draft in a couple of weeks. But mm-hmm. um, we want I want to segue to a question that's kind of related to what we've, we've been talking about. Um, the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Celtics, and the Heat are the four teams left standing. Same teams that were in the 2020 bubble that were um, – that were, uh, of course, you know, part of that uh, championship round in the bubble didn't end the way the didn't end the way the bubble ended because Denver took care of business um, against LA. That was not the case in the bubble. Um, so, so all the bubble pundits who said, "Oh, look, it's the bubble," you know, the bubble was a unique experience, and I don't, I do not believe that the results of the bubble would have been the exact same had that, that season played out. Like, like a normal season. I doubt that that is what would have happened, but you know, it's past. Let's move on from it. Um, so the question is of the four teams, um, like I said, Nuggets, Lakers, Celtics, Heat, which of those two teams do you think is bound to make it back to the conference finals again next year? Nuggets and Celtics. Um, I just think yeah. that they're built, they're structured very well. Now, of course, this coming up see this coming off season, Jalen Brown is due for a supermax mm-hmm. uh, contract. You know he's eligible for it. So, you know the question with Boston is: do they, you know, do they pull the trigger and do that based on whatever happens here? The question is, you know, to your point, I think if they come back and win the series, and let's just hypothetically say they lose to the Nuggets, I mm-hmm. think I think the Celtics will then do the super. We'll do this because they got to worry about him this year, and then next year is Tatum's turn. And, yeah. T- and Tatum's supermax is three hundred forty million. Yeah, I think it's like six hundred million committed to those two guys. Yeah, to so those two if guys. you do that, if you do that, that you're obviously saying this is our core. We'll build everything else around these two. Right. It's not a bad two to have. You know, I'm jealous because remember the pick of Tatum and the pick of Brown. Are the two picks that the Celtics got from the Nets in that whack KG Paul Pierce trade? Okay. KG and Paul Pierce cost the Nets, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah, you don't need and to not, that. And not and not primetime uh Pierce and Kim Garnett. Old and washed Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett cost the Nets. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. After yeah. that, um, you had you had to fire um, you had you had to fire Billy King after that. Okay, yeah, he had to go. And also, if you kind of go back even further, the draft pick that they traded to Portland for Ger- that they traded to Portland for Gerald Wallace became Damian Lillard. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> but if you tell me that the GM. Gives up picks that equal Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. Ooh. You miss on all three of those guys. Yeah, oh, you got. Yeah, you got to get. You should fire yourself. Do you, Do you feel if they? Uh, you know what? Just Just for kicks, 
if the Nets are able to get those three players on their team, and we know how they turned out, do you think that that, that team wins wins a title? I think so. I really believe they, they could have won a title. I really believe they could have won a title. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, <laughs> Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. Mm. You put you you know you put you put a decent team around them. They're put a couple, making put a couple. Making, yeah, you put a couple of shooters yeah. around them. Yeah, you're and some defensive guys. Yeah, they're at least making. I'm getting I'm getting conference finals out of them. Okay, Nets haven't been to the conference finals in decades. All right, so. I I'm I don't want to sound like a sad, um, betrodden Nets fan, but <laughs> the facts are the facts. Damon Lillard, Jalen Brown, Jason Taylor, all picks selected that were originally attached to the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, that's exactly what it was. So, um, you know, as far as I'm as I'm concerned, the Two teams are indeed the Celtics and the Nuggets. Obviously, Celtics, they have depth. They have superstar potential. I mean, superstar, two superstar guys. Um, Denver has has one of the best centers, the best center in the NBA, in Nikola Jokic. Okay, one of the that. most, yeah, one of the most underrated guards in the league in uh, Jamal Murray, one of the best front court players in Aaron Gordon, two-way guys, two-way KCP. Swiss Army Knife and Bruce Brown. I mean, they got guys. Oh, man. Getting Bruce Brown was a godsend. Yeah. Bruce, get- Bruce Brown, yes. I Listen, one of my favorite players in the league. Okay. He's not going to Me- drop 30 Me- a game. Meek Mills. Meek Mills' younger brother. Yeah. Whatever that means. Um, so, he can rebound. He can rebound. He Google, can pass. Google Meek Mill, and, and, and you'll be like, oh, man, that's Jalen Brown's brother. Good night, John. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm sorry that you don't know who Meek Mill is. That's you know. I know who Meek Mill is. He's a okay. rapper. Okay. Like, I need you. To, I need you to take a look at who Meek Mill is and, and look at and look at Bruce Brown and you're like, what? They 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 look like each other. They look like each other. No, I disagree wholeheartedly. Rob, but trust me. You go look at I, him again. I, I know what Meek Mill looks like. I know okay. what Bruce no. Brown looks like. You clearly don't, because if you look at him, you would say, "Oh man, these guys are brothers." Negative. No, positive. Um, Okay, I I say wholly negative, and we'll just keep moving from there. Okay, okay. But um, but you know Bruce Brown, like I said, uh, one of the most versatile uh, players. He can play the big guys. He can play back a point guard. I love I love him. I think that uh, Denver will be back in the conference finals. I, I can only pick one team. I'm more assured that Denver will be there because uh, I like their coaching. I like their their team makeup. So. Um, any any last thoughts? Any final words pertaining to the finals tomorrow night's game? What are your thoughts? Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I, I want to see the Celtics do this. I really want to see the Celtics come back and win this series. So, uh, so again, this is where we can come and uh, we will have a little bit of an issue. Because if I remember correctly, you, because right now I can't even say you are, you fashion yourself a New York Knicks fan. I am a New York Knicks fan. No, no, no. You fashion yourself a New York Knicks fan. No, I'm a Knicks fan. 
to the core. No, and this is why I say fashion, okay? Because fandom is short for, you know, fan is short for fanatic. I don't know how a New York Knicks fan in his right mind can turn around in the playoffs and root for the Boston Celtics. And I, and I can tell I you why. Know. I can tell and you why. Root for them have- not only to, 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 to play well, but to make history. Yes, and I'm going to tell you why. Our our hate relationship is more so with the Heat than with Boston. Right? We have we have a lot of history with Miami Heat. And because Miami beat us in this playoffs this year, I want to see them go down. Okay? Well, no, no, but they will go down in the finals. No, no, no. I want to see them go down now. I want to see them go down. Oh, my gosh. I, I can do it. I could yeah. not root for Boston. Like, it was hard enough watching Boston and Philly play. I was hoping for a way for both of them to lose. But only one team could lose. And um, mm-hmm. It was a team you know, who you thought would lose, which is Philly. Yeah, Philly always does that. So we'll see what happens with them and James Harden. But we could also see what happens when we bring the conversation to our Facebook group. Hit us up on our Facebook group, Brothers Ballin' Sports. Okay, Brothers Ballin' Sports is the name of the Facebook group. We love, we have conversations, questions throughout the week. Um, also hit, hit us up via email, bloodbrothersballin' at gmail.com, bloodbrothersballin' at gmail.com. Instagram is at Podcast. Guys, this is going to be an epic game. I think this is game seven for Miami tomorrow night. Miami's got to win. If they lose tomorrow night, they will be so shell shocked that they're they may get throttled on on Monday. Okay, I really I really think that's the case, and I really think that whoever comes out, Denver, is going to handle. So we'll look to see how how this plays out. By the time we uh, we're going to take a break next week, but when by the time we come back, the finals could be over. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, because. That is sometimes how it goes. But be a good brother. Be a good sister. Watch and support your team tomorrow night. See you guys soon.